This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out, Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave. I am here with Brandon, and you will be listening to good old Chris a little bit later on. But make sure that you check out all those past episodes and the future episodes, MarkingOut.com, also on Spotify, and also on Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you may choose to listen. Make sure you go buy a t-shirt, ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Give us a follow over on Twitter, over on Instagram. Give us a like over on Facebook. Send us an email if you select that option. Also, make sure that you check us out on Twitch, on TikTok, and on YouTube. But... Enough of all of that. I already told you that I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend himself. Not just the legend killer. He is the legend that never dies. Brandon, how are you? Boy, that's going to someday bite you. <laughs> I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? Doing uh, doing great. Thanks for that. Uh, nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> doing awesome doing great doing grand how was your how was week your week jinx not really my week was good thank you for asking uh my week was very busy i was a busy bee over here um you know i've been itching to get into new york city but i haven't been able to you know i i need a plan to go into when i go into new york city i need a plan i need it set up i need to figure out where i want to go off to dinner, where I want to go after that. I, I need a set plan before I enter NYC. Yeah. Do you like do you like I, NYC? Yeah, but I, I also would need a set plan. Yeah. Like I, have, I, a- I have had those nights where I've wandered around aimlessly, but like it wasn't my choice. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I had a bad time or anything, but certainly would of never course be not. my choice. No, but then it gets to the point, especially because it's so hot right now. There's moments where you're walking around New York City and you're like, damn, I wish I had a plan. You know, like when you start to walk around aimlessly, like even if you're like looking for a place to eat or anything like that, you need a plan. <laughs> yeah, I, like one time I remember we went to Manhattan and uh, we were like wandering around Manhattan at like 4 a.m. And it's like... Why? What were you doing at 4 8? Well, the only thing I could think at, is that you missed the train. No, at that point, we were looking for people, I believe. I think it was that late. I really think it was 4 a.m. If not if 4 a.m., then maybe 3 a.m. We were ended it. We, so we ended well, up. No matter what, you missed the, the drunk train. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. But we got separated from a group that we were with. Two people wandered off. And when we found them, one of them was getting a tattoo. While they were drunk. Oh, that's not a good idea. Yeah. And then he wasn't sitting still. And the woman's like, listen, I can't continue if you don't sit still or whatever. So. And it was his first tattoo. He got his name on his back. And like, 
You ever see Hogan's tattoo that says "Immortal" on his back? That big? No. Across his back, yeah. That's what it. it basically, he, that, but his last name. Your friend got his last name or first? No, his last name. Well, okay. I guess nickname, but. Okay. Yeah. But to him. But yeah, so my week was good. I uh, had some pizza. My neighbor was making some pizzas, and and he made me one. That's really kind of him. Yeah, I thought it was really good. That they they have a garden at their house, mm-hmm. and the tomatoes were really good. I don't know what they did to the tomatoes. I swore they were peppers. That's how like sweet they were. Mm-hmm. But uh, they were just tomatoes. It also had mushrooms on it. it. Had onions and basil as well. So that was really good. I ended up grilling corn and making it into like an elote salad. Like a mm-hmm. Mexican street corn sort of thing. And I grilled up some steak for some tacos. So that was all good. And now my niece and sister-in-law flew in from Florida. So I'll get to spend time with them this weekend. That's awesome. Very cool. You know, your your sister and your niece are always good. Sister-in-law. <laughs> hey, sister, sister-in-law, same thing. You know, are you guys going to cook up anything? I don't know. Well, she does make great chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. That's a fact. So, that's awesome. Well, let's get on to it. Let's talk about some pro wrestling. Let's talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Did you see him trending? Yeah, and I think... So, when stuff like that happens, I feel like WWE doesn't, like, partake. Mm-hmm. Today, I actually saw them partaking oh really yeah they were like macho man has always been always had a a way with words or whatever and started like a thread smart yeah that was like an impact thing to do Mm -hmm. impact would do something like that on twitter yeah smart move well yeah it's okay to cry yeah it's okay to cry but bailey eo sky and dakota kai opened up monday night raw Basically, Bailey saying that Bianca would be nothing without her and that they had to make a statement. And then Dakota Kai brought up the tag team tournament. Alexa Bliss, Asuka, and Bianca Belair showed up. And then Bailey pitched a six woman tag for Clash of the Castle. And then they all brawled. And I thought it was a good crowd brawl, too. Yeah, the Sky and Kai connection. Is that what they're being called? No, that's just what I'm going to call them the Sky and Sky Kai and connection. Kai? Yeah, Sky and Kai. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I like uh, Alexa to, Bliss to going off the barricade with that crossbody. That was a cool spot. Yeah. Good open to Monday Night Raw. I agree with you. After that, I we saw that Seth Rollins pick up the victory over Angelo Dawkins. Um, I thought Dawkins would win this. I didn't think he was going to win. I I don't know. I thought, I don't know, just like Montez distracted Seth Rollins early on. Dawkins, off of that distraction, was able to hit that pounce onto the commentary table. Yeah. But he ended up in the ring with the chair at one point, and the ref made him leave. So that portion of the match, I didn't really understand like him getting involved like that. But that's why I kind of thought Dawkins would win. Yeah, what what I thought was kind of interesting that that 
they I don't know they said huge win like they made it out like it was a huge win for Seth Rollins, and I'm like because they were, I think on commentary they're like big win for Seth Rollins or something like that, and it's like we're talking about Seth Rollins over here. Like, let's not negate who Seth Rollins is. It's not a huge victory for Seth Rollins. Yeah, and then he hit the the curb stomp on on Dawkins, and Ford chased him away. Yeah. And then Rollins was asked about Riddle's announcement next week. He got pissed off, and he's like, I was done with Riddle, but now I'll have something to say next week. So... I'm assuming this is just going to lead to them two facing each other at Clash of the Castle. I I think that's a definite for sure. But next up, you had Kevin Owens taking on Ezekiel. And unfortunately, I don't know what's going to happen to this, but Kevin Owens snapped. Kevin Owens snapped. He beat Ezekiel to a pulp, and he finished him off. With the power bomb into the apron, the corner of the apron laying him out. Ezekiel had to be stretchered out. Um, no contest. Is this the end of Ezekiel? It seems like it could be. At first, when the match is going on, I'm like, I don't, I don't get why this is happening again. They were supposed to be done. But then he did all everything that he did, and maybe now this is how Elias comes back. And however long it takes for Ezekiel to grow the beard, for Elias to grow his beard. I mean, I I hope that Ezekiel remains back and stuff. I hope that he comes back. But maybe this is also the, I guess, a new, a new, a re, I don't know, a reborn Kevin Owens of that attitude that we know is there. So maybe we're going to start to see him just tear house. Yeah. That's definitely possible, but earlier on the Monday Night Raw, we saw Ray and Dominic backstage talking, and Edge walked in, he apologized for last week and hitting Dominic with that spear and asked if they're cool, and Dominic's like, yeah, but then he pushed Edge, and Ray's like, bruh, what, what the hell, (laughs) he's like, I'd known him for 20 years, and like that, it wasn't meant for you. And Dominic's Dude, I'm like, telling you. Dominic's like, you've known me for 25 years. I can't believe you're taking his side. I'm telling you. And then the Judgment Day, we saw Finn Balor speak about Edge. He spoke about Rey Mysterio and how the Judgment Day are not afraid of anybody. Fear's not real. Danger is what's real. And then Damian Priest challenged Edge to a match in Toronto on Monday Night Raw because he wants to end Edge in his quote-unquote, hometown. And then we see the match. Finn Balor picks up the victory over Rey Mysterio. Huge, uh, huge turn of events. I mean, with especially with that distraction where Rhea Ripley carries out pretty much a, uh, a, the corpse of Dominic, lays him down there. He's all, like, uh, bruised up in the face. Rey Mysterio's about to jump out to make the save, and then... Uh, Finn Balor hits him with the 1916. Yeah, and then the coup de grace. But even before that, I liked even the with uh, Finn Balor trying to complete the the three amigos. I yeah. thought that was a nice touch. Rey Mysterio when he hit the six one nine, Damian Priest moved into the way of Finn Balor to to I guess sacrifice himself for that. 
So I thought mm-hmm. that was nice. But then Finn Balor ends up throwing Ray into the, the ring post. And then we saw that a nice sliding sunset flip powerbomb to Balor on the outside. Yeah, that was cool. And before Rhea Ripley came out, Edge and Finn ba- uh, Edge and Damian Priest brawled ringside. So it should be interesting to see where this goes. I know where it goes, but nobody wants to listen to uh well, we saw Tamina and Dana Brooke interviewed backstage. He's going to turn on him. Uh, we'll see. He's turning on him. The uh, writing we'll is right there. Dom is going to turn on Rey Mysterio we'll and see. join Judgment Day. We'll see. It's going to happen. But they're, they're paired up for this tournament, which I guess makes sense given their, their 24-7 championship history. But Bailey interrupted it and made fun of Dana Brooke for not being a former champion. And Tamina's like, but I am. They go on to obviously lose the the match because they were facing Io Sky and Dakota Kai. Sky and Kai. Which was a very, I think, a, a really enjoyable match here. And I think Io and Dakota Kai worked very well together. And, maybe surprisingly, I thought Dana Brooke and Tamina worked pretty well here together. Yeah, I thought that pairing was, I don't know, it, it seemed like it wasn't supposed to work out, but it did. You know, their their pairing definitely did, but other, overall, Sky and Kai did it. Yeah, other teams in the tournament, we got Alexa Bliss and Asuka. We have Nikki, A.S.H., and Dewdrop. We have Natalia and Sonya Deville. Raquel and Aaliyah. Zaya, Lee, and Shotzi. What? And then Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark. What? <laughs> like, that whole, like right half of this tournament is just bizarre because I thought Toxic Attraction would be in this. And then people are like so convinced they they convinced themselves that that Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae would be in this. And they convinced themselves that Sasha Banks and Naomi would be in this. So. Well, I mean, yeah. It's true. But again, anything could change on SmackDown. We record on Thursday right now. So who knows? Who knows? Time will tell. Yeah. Time will tell. tell. (laughs) After that, we saw Kevin Owens on his way out, and he was saying that it's still the KO show. But, very, very odd going on in the background, there was a car wreck. Nikki A.S.H. was there, Dewdrop was there, and then later on they cut a promo, Alexa Bliss and Asuka are... There, the car is getting towed away. Bailey, EO, and Dakota Kai interrupt that. All the while, police start running by. Yeah, I. So I feel like something is going to happen in regards to the car crash because a little bit more than what does take place. I think it's what we saw at the ending. I feel like it's just so much just for the ending. I don't know. But earlier on, we saw Tommaso Ciampa interviewed where he dedicated his match to Harley Race, who was one of his trainers. Came out in a Harley Race robe, matching yeah, really uh, cool. matching trunks as well. I thought this was the main event. <laughs> it should have been. I, I mean, looked the at match my clock. Itself was, Dude, I, it was my favorite. I looked at my clock and I was like, well, it's only 10? Yeah, this was definitely my favorite match. But Lashley picks up the victory over Ciampa to retain the United States Championship. Uh, Harley Race, the first U.S. champion in that title lineage. 
back in the NWA days, but Miz kept getting involved here. AJ Styles showed up and took Miz out. That leads to a main event there. But Champ ends up pushing Bobby Lashley into an exposed turnbuckle twice. Uses the Gargano escape, which Corey's on commentary, teasing DIY. You got to do it yourself. He hits the Willow's bell. Lashley still kicks out. And this was a huge point because, I mean, recently we saw him hit the Willow's bell and it's been a success. I think and he, he did it in his last match, you know, so... I thought that this was a lot of fun because everybody's thinking that Champa is going to come out as the winner, but no, yeah. Champa does not come out the winner. Lashley locking in the the master lock. What is hurt lock? Again? The hurt lock. But Champa came out really strong, even though he lost. Oh, I totally agree with you. I mean, he just stood toe to toe with Bobby Lashley, who is a powerhouse and has stood toe-to-toe with Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, all of these guys, and Champa held his own. He almost defeated him. Yeah. I mean, he even he almost had him tap out. Maybe if this was the main event in another timeline, it would have been Miz turning on Champa and Johnny Gargano making the save. Could be. Could be. But that didn't happen. After that, we saw a random... Match just to get almost on TV picks up the victory over Andrea Guercio and Spencer Slade. If I pronounce that 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 name right, yeah, it wasn't too familiar. Spencer Slade, I know the name of. We've seen uh, that's uh, an independent worker. I know that, but Mm -hmm. obviously, almost was crushing them. Yeah, that's fine. Just a way to keep him on television. That's fine. After that, Dolph Ziggler, they just like, by the way, earlier on in Monday Night Raw, they were like, put up a lower third or whatever. They're like, Dolph Ziggler versus Chad Gable later on. And I literally couldn't have picked who I thought was going to win this match. Yeah, I couldn't figure that one out either. I would be very happy if Chad Gable won this, but I'm fine with Dolph Ziggler winning this. Yeah, I I thought it was a cool match. Um, They started out with that amateur style that you would expect from both of them. Yeah, both of them amateur wrestler backgrounds. And I thought that that was very entertaining. Um, you know, it's one of those... I, I feel like, realistically, I think Gable would tear house. You know? Uh, well, Ziggler... I I don't know how close he would have ever been to making it to an Olympic team. I don't think he would have. But both of them wrestled for, for colleges. Yeah, but... Gable made it to the Olympics. Maybe Dolph Ziggler didn't want to. Ziggler, I think he came in fifth or sixth. I don't know. In All-American. But it was a pretty good match. I like Chad Gable holding on to the ankle lock. Dolph Ziggler got out of it, and Gable locked it in again. I think it was like a total of four times in the match. And Dolph Ziggler just absolutely refused to tap out. And he ends the match with a very nice super kick. Very, very nice sell by Chad Gable there. I, I like that entire thing where it looked like he was about to, um, Gable was about to hit the angle slam too. Yeah. You know, so it was like an angle slam right into the super kick, which I thought was pretty cool. Main event, we saw AJ Styles pick up the victory over The Miz in a no DQ match. And the police segment where they were running backstage happened right before this match. We saw the interaction between Bailey, EO, and Dakota Kai and AJ Styles, which was like a nice transitional shot 
But with this being a no DQ match, kind of had me thinking The Fiend was showing up. <laughs> no way. Kind of, yeah. So I was amped up for that. But Really? As I, far I, as... There had to have been a reason why we were getting a random no DQ match as a main event. There had to have been something big. So, which I, I would say there was something big. Yeah. But I really liked when Miz threw AJ Styles off the commentary table into the crowd. Because I just, I guess I wasn't expecting that. I thought it was like, oh, we'll just toss him off the table. But boom, he threw him into the crowd. Yeah. Champa showed up, pulled the referee out of the ring, right as maybe AJ would have uh, picked up the victory there, and AJ started a brawl with him. Champa got put through a table. I like Miz throwing the chair at AJ Styles to stop the phenomenal forearm. But AJ kicked out of the skull crushing finale and eventually got a Styles clash to pick up the victory. I thought that overall it was a entertaining match. You know, a part that I didn't like a lot was the camera cut where AJ Styles, I believe it was, I believe it was AJ Styles was taking out one of the tables from underneath the ring. And then you had The Miz doing the uh, dropkick to the outside of the ring or doing a dive to the outside of the ring into AJ Styles or vice versa. And they cut the camera right when they were about to connect to the crowd. And then they go back, and then you see them pretty much on the ground or selling it. Well, that's it like was the such old a bad order. cut. Yeah, that's the old order uh, camera cuts you got there. Awful, awful. But Monday Night Raw ends. AJ Styles is celebrating his victory. There's some some police activity in the crowd. Yeah, you don't know what's taking place. I mean, you saw the you saw the police run by earlier in the night. You didn't know what's happening. They took a long time to get over there, though. Also, if it wasn't The Fiend, I was thinking it would be Dexter Loomis. And who was it? It was Dexter Loomis. Commentary made mention of it, but they didn't really, like, focus on it. Yeah, that's why I didn't know who it was. I couldn't see. They did say it, though, but they didn't really I... focus on it. They did put out a full, a better clip of it on YouTube, though. So... Yeah, I'm, Dexter. I'm pumped that Dexter Loomis is back. This whole like since Triple H has taken over, like w- starting at SummerSlam, it's been unbelievable with how different WWE has seemed. Yeah, I mean Dexter Loomis is back. I'm so excited because I'm a huge Dexter Loomis mark. Um, I mean, I think we both are, right? Yeah. And you know? it's, it's funny, dude. <laughs> it's really, really funny because after like all these people are coming back. I saw somebody made some sort of meme about WWE 2K22 mm-hmm. and how happy WWE or 2K is each time somebody returns because they're already in the game. <laughs> yeah. So now they they could post about them again. That's true. So yeah, I'm I'm pumped for whatever's going to happen with with Dexter Loomis. I I guess he'll go into a program with AJ Styles. I would think so. But I'm still hoping for the way. I know Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell, it was kind of explained to us that they got divorced, I think. Um, I don't remember. I think that's how it ended or something, or he ran away or something like that. But she tweeted a thumbs up on Monday Night Raw, so. Hey. Index. Fingers crossed <laughs> for Index. 
But that's Monday Night Raw moving over moving over to NXT, which opened with Nikita Lyons picking up the victory over Kiana James. Uh, Kiana James working Nikita Lyons' knee for the whole match. Uh, a lot of people are talking about this match because of one spot that was missed. Specifically, from Nikita Lyons, that inverted cannonball, and everyone's giving her hell for it. I'm still not a big fan of Nikita Lyons. But I think one botch like that or whatever, one misstep. I don't know. And I can't say who it was on. I can't say it was on Kiana James. I can't say it was on Nikita Lyons. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not a big fan of hers. I still think that she has a lot to learn in the ring. Because I um, thought, like, outside of that one spot, I thought it was a, a, a decent match. I thought they worked well together. Yeah. Especially with how, like, new they are. Nikita Lyons has a, a few more years on Kiana James, outside of WWE at least. But they're both really new to WWE. Both debuted last year. And after the match, Kiana James attacked Nikita Lyons with I, whatever that bag is. Yeah, it's something... It's got to be in there. Um, and I think Nikita needed this victory given that she's in that tournament. The yeah, team. that's true. I, I I don't like her finisher. I think it's a cool finisher, but it just, it doesn't. The kick? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. I don't see how not. I don't think Is it it's... not the Black Mass or no? No. Not at all. <laughs> no. Hers, it's like a one two kick like she does like a double kick pretty much like a trouble in paradise esque um kind of i think so well after this i know you're gonna tear it apart perhaps but wesley picked up the victory over trick williams they called it a rounds match if you watch nxt uk it's the nxt uk heritage cup rules but this match, they both chose to wear boxing gloves, even though you didn't need to, to start. And I don't think they should have done that. I agree with you. So, I didn't hear about the rules or anything, but the boxing... The rules, by the way, sorry to cut you off there, is uh-huh. six, six rounds, two-minute intervals. If you knock somebody out, that's it. But majority pin wins or submission. If there's no knockout. Yeah. It's one of those things where... So when they started off the match as a boxing match, I thought it was really sloppy. Um, You know, it's hard to... It's hard to carry over something like boxing or uh, UFC grappling into pro wrestling because it's so difficult. Which is Um, why I still... That Cain Velasquez, man... Yeah, I had but... such high hopes. I've seen him wrestle live; it was entertaining. And then they did the MMA, the worked MMA. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you know, so for them to go this route with the boxing, I thought it was awful. I mean, you had you had Trick Williams trying to punch over yeah. Wesley, yeah, yeah, and Trick it, it Williams very could... like Looney Tunes esque. Exactly, and you can tell like Trick Williams was like slowing his punches so this way Wesley could like anticipate it or duck or dodge it or dive 
You with know? with Trick Williams, it makes sense that he was doing the boxing stuff. They they spoke about how he likes to emulate Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. But to me, it makes Wesley look stupid because his strength is high flying. So why would you then do something that you're not strong with to maybe lose the match? Round two, they took the gloves off and actually wrestled. Carmelo Hayes got involved, which allowed Trick to pick up the first fall. And for round three, Hayes loaded up one of those gloves. Which Wesley was still able to get the the pin, but Trick afterwards knocked Wesley out. And he came back, picks up the victory. The glove wasn't even fully on, so I thought that was a goofy spot. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where I, I think that Trick Williams is great, but and Wesley, but I think that, I don't know, the Trick Williams stuff really bothered me in the beginning. I don't think they'll they'll do another one of these rounds matches anytime soon, but the Heritage Cup rules are some of my favorite, like, matches. Mm-hmm. So, but after that, Carmelo Hayes called Wesley a cheater. And spoke about what Nathan Fraser did last week. And then Fraser's music hit. But it was Giovanni Vinci who showed up in the ring. Who told Carmelo Hayes to put the title on the line next week at Heat Wave. Hayes accepted that match. And then they tried to brawl, but they kept reversing each other. I feel like Carmelo Hayes will walk out still champion. Um... I could see that. I could see Hayes coming out as champion. But like something has to happen to make to make it so Vinci's not like weak looking. Mm-hmm. Earlier in the night we saw a Chase U segment where Ariana Grace had a black eye and she was pissed off that Thea Hale, I guess, gave her the black eye. So Andre Chase sets up a match between the two of them and Ariana Grace picks up the victory over Thea Hale. Hale's debut match in NXT. Which I thought was a decent first match for her. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, she was very excited backstage, even asking Chase if she's ready for this and everything. Um, but I thought that she did great um, for her first match. You know, and it it uh, it makes me laugh every time, like how hyped up she is. Yeah, but I, I also I popped when uh, Ariana Grace used the wasteland and it popped Wade Barrett. <laughs> that was his finisher, so I thought that was funny. But on NXT UK, Eliza Alexander picked up a victory over Thea Hale as well. Hmm. So maybe we'll see her go into this like long losing streak like Mikey Whipwreck or Kurt Hawkins. That, okay, that'd be interesting. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Backstage trainer's room, we saw Solo Sokoa being checked out by a doctor. Dr. Nick, perhaps. <laughs> doctor, quote-unquote. And hey, uh, the doctor we, we, told him... We see what you're doing, Nick. What's The doctor up? told him he'll be out for four to six weeks. And then Cameron Grimes showed up. And Solo was like, when, when I come back, I want the North American Championship. And I need to get it for guys like us. And Cameron Grimes didn't really look like he was happy with that statement. I think Joe Gacy again later on tried to like convince him to join. Yeah. I feel like that might happen. I don't think it's going to happen. 
I don't think so. I don't know why Seth Rogen was security, though. Yeah. That was totally a Seth Rogen lookalike. Earlier in the night, we saw the Creeds and Diamond Mine watching tape with Apollo Crews. And Roderick Strong walked in pissed off that they were with Apollo Crews. But they also, right before that, they caught something on camera. Yeah, I don't know what it was, though. Yeah, I didn't know either. I went I back like, to look. I could, I didn't catch it. Yeah, apparently they may have seen something that maybe shouldn't have happened. And it seemed like they were very, I don't want to say uh, assuming, but they were really, uh, it seemed like they were inferring that Roderick Strong played a factor in it. Yeah, and Roderick Strong said that him not being there last week was a test for them. And it sets up a match where before the match we saw Apollo Crews saw like an image of Diamond Mine all lying in a ring in pain. So it still seems like it's some sort of MCU gimmick. Which I just don't fully get. Oh wait, I think that was later on, right? I think it may have been later on where they... Where, where did Roderick Strong throw down the uh, the projector? Oh, yeah, that was after the match. Right? It was after the match. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because then they stood up saying how this was a test. Yeah, they were, watching, a yeah, they were watching the tape again, and Roddy yelled at them, and Brutus was like, well, this was a test, Roddy. Yeah, I mean. And that, that's Julius. Yeah, Julius saw the. Yeah, he saw something. I mean, but we might as well talk about that match. <laughs> Paul Cruz picked up the victory over Roderick Strong. Thought it was a good match, strong match. <laughs> Yeah, well, the I mean, apron, he was in that, it. that German suplex spot where, where Apollo Crews held on, I thought made him look like a beast. Yeah, it was really I awesome. For sure, and... That was like, I don't know if Roddy like slipped off the apron there or something. Yeah, I thought yeah. Crews was about to slip off, but he held on, so that was pretty cool. But And then yeah. Roderick Strong, he seemed like he was pissed off that Diamond Mine wasn't there for him. Yeah, that's and then that's the other stuff. Yeah, that led to what we just spoke about, you know. And then later on, Apollo Cruz was being interviewed, and Grayson Waller cut him off and told him he's not welcomed in NXT 2.0. Hmm. So they'll have a match, I'm assuming. Yeah. We're gonna have to see what happens with that now. After that, we but... have the the one on one meeting between Tony D'Angelo and Santos Escobar. Yeah, they met. I don't know where they met. I mean. <laughs> Was that supposed to be D'Angelo's mansion? Maybe. Uh, was I don't it not know. like the docks or something? No, they met like, it looked like in front of a mansion, like a, a Scarface sort of a mansion where they had a water fountain and they had this random table set up with nobody else. They both sat down at the table and they spoke business. You know, I like, I like, I like this bit. And I like how D'Angelo's like, if I win, you guys, your guys have to stay with me. Yeah, but Tony wants, because he wants Santos to come back to work with him. And Santos is like, we both know that's just not going to work. So he pitched the match where if Tony wins, Santos is gone from NXT. And Tony's like, if you're gone, I'm keeping Legato. And Santos is like, okay, that's fine. But if I win, we're they're free from the D'Angelo family, family. Yeah. And that sets up a street fight. Do I necessarily believe there should be another street fight? Given that we no. just had that whole uh, the no, was it false count anywhere match? I don't think so. No, there's no no need for it. Well, the need for it would be that we'll we'll see 
Stacks get involved. We'll see Legato get involved. And I don't know if Santos was talking to Legato on the phone when mm-hmm. he's like, if something goes down, I'll give you a signal. Or something like that. He said something that made it seem like if something was going to go down, you come out and help. Yeah. So I don't know if he was talking to Legato or maybe somebody new coming in. Hmm. It makes you wonder. Maybe we'll see somebody new in Heat Wave. It's very possible. I mean, they're having they had all these new announcements of the new classes and wrestlers that are coming in. Yeah, so. but I don't think those are just like the the college athletes. You never know. You never know. Maybe you know. Maybe you know. After that, backstage, we saw Tiffany Stratton walking into a room with her name on it. I want to say that that wasn't her locker room, and she saw her name and just thought it was her locker room. Like, the way that she was like, oh, I guess this is mine, almost. Mm -hmm. Walks in and starts talking, I think, to herself, and Wendy Chu turns out the lights, beats the hell out of her. Signifying a darker side of Wendy Chu, signifying she's not done with Tiffany Stratton. But also a comedic vibe, too. Uh, I mean, the way that she had night vision goggles on. Well, I mean, we've seen that in the past. He even made it to figure form with Randy Orton. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, throughout the night, Lash Legend was talking to Malik Blade, and then Idris Anofi showed up. And she was talking their heads off about her match last week. And then Pretty Deadly showed up and it led into their match against Idris Anofi and Malik Blade, which Pretty Deadly picked up the victory in. Dude, that hair. I think incredible. your main takeaway is how much you love their hair. Dude, their hair is incredible. That's like, <laughs> wow. But Do you in, think they use Pantene Pro-Vene Pro- or like Herbal I don't Essence? know. Do they have that in the UK? I don't know, but... Wow, that's you know we got to straighten out your hair. See if we can match it. <laughs> I don't you think should, it would for for Halloween. Maybe you'll dress as somebody f- from Pretty Deadly. We'll get you one of those like Jeff Hardy, uh, cut off bands, but you wear it as a t shirt, and then we'll like just have it. Cut I wear to your a top. Jeff Hardy armband as a t shirt. Yeah, what I don't do call think it, it like, would the, fit over the t-shirt. my actual arm. We'll get a few of them. We'll get a few of them. <laughs> But why not just cut an actual t-shirt? Okay, good idea. So let's do it. But pretty deadly, they were making fun of Briggs and Jensen in this match. And they came out, made them get back into the ring at one point. And then Elton grabbed a chair. Jensen took it away from Kit. And when he did that, Kit threw Inofi into the chair. And then pretty deadly got to hit Spilt milk, picked up the victory there, and then Lash came out of nowhere and attacked Fallon Henley. So, I'm assuming Idris Anofi and Malik Blade are not going to be in this match. It'll probably be pretty deadly in Lash Legend versus Briggs, Jensen, and Henley. Yeah, I think that's pretty much safe to say. Main event saw Zoe Stark pick up the victory over Cora Jade with Mandy Rose on commentary and a very, very split crowd here. 
Yeah, they didn't know both. which they didn't know which direction to go with the cheering during this one. Stark, I think early on hit a really cool springboard move. I don't even know how to really describe it. Mm-hmm. But later on, Jade went for the kendo stick that she she came out with, and Zoe Stark ducked it, hit a huge German suplex. Cora Jade went to go use it again, but she didn't realize Roxanne Perez was there, and she took it away. Stark was able to hit her go-to-sleep finisher, whatever she calls it. I'm not sure if there's a name for it yet. Really nice finisher, though. And picked up the victory. And then Roxanne Perez went to attack Cora Jade with the kendo stick afterwards. Cora Jade ran away. And Mandy went to attack Zoe Stark, and Stark saw it coming and hit that GTS again to close the show. Yeah. Um, it was a good ending. I still don't want to see Mandy Rose leave. Or, I mean, lose. I don't want to see her leave either. Yeah. But I don't want to see her lose. I think that this has been a great run. You know, a lot of fun. So that would that would stink. But I kind of also think that Zoe Stark is here to stay right now. But how, I feel like it's going to come down to... Dakota Kai and EO Sky and Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons. Kai and Sky? Yeah. I think Kai and Sky could take it. It's it's 100% going to be them. There's no way that it's not. I think that the smart decision would be uh, Kai and Sky winning. Yeah. I'm just going to keep on saying Kai and Sky, so I keep on remembering to say that. But uh, NXT UK, we saw a bunch of NXT UK title tournament matches. We saw Oliver Carter pick up the victory over Charlie Dempsey, who uh, has now defeated all three members of D-Familia. Even though Dempsey controlled a majority of this match, Oliver Carter was able to get a quick victory there. Charlie Dempsey, by the way, I think... Not even because his father's William Regal. I think he would fit really well into that Blackpool Combat Club in AEW. That would be interesting. I would love to see Charlie Dempsey versus Cesaro. I, that would just like, he's such a good in-ring technician. And because people don't watch NXT UK, they have no idea who he is. Yeah. We saw Sam Gradwell advance taking on uh, Teoman. Uh, and then the main event, Trent Seven picking up the victory over Wolfgang. And it, to me, it kind of sucks that Wolfgang really never got a, a chance to be champion. Because, like, even back when they introduced the title in 2017, when they had the first tournament, I was, like, blown away with what Wolfgang was doing. And I'm like, I want Wolfgang to be the champion. Yeah, he was great. But Tyler Bate ended up winning that championship. And I think he's going to be winning this tournament. I think it's going to set up him versus Trent Seven. It only makes sense given what they've gone through recently. Mm -hmm. And I think Tyler is going to walk out of that whole tournament wherever it ends being the two-time champion. I could definitely be. But that's NXT UK moving over to SmackDown. It kicked off with Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah picking up the victory over Zia Lee and uh, Shotzi Blackheart to advance in the Tag Team Championship Tournament. During the match, Shotzi and Raquel ended up attacking Natalia and Sonya Deville, who were ringside for this. 
I would honestly say that that was the biggest part of this match. But the fans were super into it. So I thought that's pretty cool. Uh, after that, we saw Karrion Cross speak about last week and what he did to Drew McIntyre. And he spoke about Roman Reigns and the bloodline. And he was also creepily watching Drew McIntyre before his entrance. McIntyre goes to the ring. Right off the bat, he spoke about Karrion Cross jumping him last week. And he said he'll eventually go after him. He addressed Roman Reigns, and then Scarlett makes her way out, and from behind the Usos attacked Drew McIntyre. Later on, Sami Zayn went to speak with the Usos, and McIntyre ends up jumping the Usos. Sami runs away. Even later on, they yelled at Sami Zayn for running away. He's like, I I went to get help. Even later, later on, the Usos go to the ring, lay out a challenge to McIntyre and a partner to face them. And he went in the match alone. But Drew McIntyre ends up picking up the victory with Madcap Moss in the match against the Usos. Madcap came into the match as the Usos were beating Drew down. And during the match, when Drew McIntyre had the upper hand, Sami Zayn ran into the ring. And that distracted Drew McIntyre. Drew was able to kick out of the Usos' splash, though. Madcap eventually prevents the 1D from happening. And McIntyre eventually hits the Claymore and picks up the victory. After the match, Jey Uso went to attack McIntyre. He gets hit with the Future Shock DDT. And he sets Jey up for that cl- the Claymore. Sami Zayn pushes him out of the way, eats the Claymore for him. To show, to show that he's with them. Earlier, I guess, now, in this timeline. Hyvar <laughs> versus Kofi Kingston ends up not happening because Kofi... Kingston attacked the the Viking Raiders during their entrance with a kendo stick. They eventually used their shields to turn the tide. Ivar ends up hitting a splash from the barricade, which I thought was a very good use of the barricade in the stage. Like Alexa Bliss on Monday Night Raw with the crossbody into the crowd, I felt like it was one of those spots. Very good. After that, we, we had two... Enhancement talents, Brandon Scott and Trevor Irving in the ring, unknown uh, tag team opponents. Who's it going to be? All of a sudden, Hit Row's theme song hits. It's Hit Row. Top Dalla, Ashanti the Adonis, and B-Fab are back with the full theme song, obviously, because B-Fab's with them. Swerve, obviously not back. He's the AEW Tag Team Champion with Keith Lee. But uh, big pop that they're back. Obviously, they picked up the victory, and uh, then they introduced themselves, just in case you didn't know. Now you know. Hit Rose back. That was that was pretty cool. After that, Ronda Rousey showed up through the crowd with a duffel bag of cash, which she dumped out onto the table for future fines. And this was right before the Women's Championship contract signing between Shayna Baszler and Liv Morgan. Security came out. She attacks the security guard. Shayna Baszler comes out and is like, you you can't do this. And Rousey's like, you used to be a killer. And then she walked off. Contract signing, Liv Morgan called Shayna Baszler a bootleg Ronda Rousey. Fans chanting, you tapped out to Liv Morgan. Shayna Baszler grabs her injured arm and twists it, stomps it, goes to to beat her up some more. Liv ends up reversing it into a, a Dudley dog, I guess, to the table. 
So we did get a little, maybe a meaner streak from Shayna Baszler due to what Ronda Rousey had said. Backstage, maximum male models are taking photographs, get cut off by Los Lotharios. And they're like, you should sign us if you want this thing to take off. And Max Dupree gets in their face. You're not maximum male model material. And they're like, well, we're actually talking to Maxine. And she kind of seemed interested. So maybe, maybe she'll break away from them or maybe they'll actually join. Backstage, Ricochet was interviewed about last week and he made fun of Happy Corbin again. And then he switched his focus to the Intercontinental Championship uh, match that was going to be main eventing. But Corbin ends up attacking him, saying that they're not done. Earlier in the night, we saw a video package for the Intercontinental Championship, which I think it gives people reasons to care. And it makes the title meaningful. It's like what they did with the United States Championship. And I think that's a very good thing. The main event, we saw Gunter pick up the victory over Nakamura, retaining the championship, but they gave this match a lot of time. Maybe 15 minutes or so. I liked on commentary, Gunther uses an STF and they mentioned that in an interview, he mentioned how he would like to be facing John Cena one day. John Cena has never won the Intercontinental Championship, but Nakamura worked on Gunther's arm in this match, which I thought was a really good part of the story. Fans were eating this match up. I thought the ending was a bit abrupt. But overall, I thought it was a really good match and a really good way to end SmackDown. Gunther stands tall. Who's next? I have no idea. What I do know is that I will be taking a quick break and I'll be right back here with Chris on Marking Out. This is the premier athlete, Tony Nese, and you're listening to Marking Out. And we are back on Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by pro wrestling fans. It's Chris here with Brandon for the second half of the show. Brandon, what is hey. going on? <laughs> okay, you can say that too. Fine. Hey, hey, there we go. Perfect. I guess you and Dave had a, a riveting discussion the first half of the show. It was quite the riveting discussion. Yeah, was Dave just uh, smiling and nodding most of the show? Uh, not this week. All right, good. So, all right, cool. So uh, we'll continue on here. And uh, let's continue on to Rampage uh, from last week for AEW because this is the pro wrestling section. I mean, pro wrestling is good right now. Sports entertainment is good right now. So it's good to be a fan of the genre. And it kicked off live Rampage from Grand Rapids, Michigan with a interim world title eliminator match. John Moxley picking up the victory over Mance Warner uh, in a bloody match. Um, and Moxley chokes him out for the win. Yeah. And if you're unfamiliar with Mance, I think they did a, a good job to introduce his character. Outstanding. We didn't, and we didn't also... get like much background, but um, I liked them cutting between the video and John Moxley watching the video. Yeah. Yeah. But... Very cool. Um, and, and it was I a fight, love... like Mance had said in that video package. I'm here for a fight, and that it was. Yeah, it it was a fight, and John Moxley, you know, really proving himself to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, in my opinion, and I'll talk about this when we talk about the end of Dynamite. <laughs> uh, fantastic, a better champion. Yeah, uh, yeah, because uh, I and I have documented proof too. Um, all right, continuing on though with Rampage. Now, after this, he's got a big matchup at Battle of the Belts. Ko- Konosuke Takeshka picks up the victory over Ryan Nemeth. Peter Avalon got involved. Yeah, this is a yeah, short it, match. But, it was just hype yeah. for Battle of the Belts. 
I, absolutely. I Next, I don't know if this ahead. if this film first or if was Battle of the Belts filmed afterwards. Yes. So I think he was. Uh, I think was he the only one that worked twice? Hey, listen, getting that payday right. Hit the as Mance Warner likes to say, hit the pay window. Yeah. So uh, next up after you have the in-ring debut of Madison Rain picking up a victory over Layla Gray. I had no clue she was gonna be wrestling for AEW as well. I thought it was just gonna listen. strictly be a backstage deal where she'd be like tra- training the women. Yeah, but she's in there, and it looks like they're putting her in a, a nice little feud here with Jade Cargill. So using a seasoned veteran like Madison Rain to kind of to work with uh, Jade Cargill. I'm about it. I like it. Um, fans, I don't think, cared for this match, though. I think well, their, their biggest pop here was when Stokely jumped up on the ring steps. I thought that was really funny. But... And then Again. afterwards, we saw Jade came out and challenged her for Dynamite, and Kiara Hogan attacked Madison Rain from behind, and... Madison Rain reversed it and hit her finisher. The cross rain. Yeah. Instead of the crossroads. Is that it's yeah. called the cross rain? Yes, it is. So anyway, after this main event time, a Friday night street fight. As your tag team champion, Swerve in our glory, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland pick up a victory over Josh Woods and Tony Nese with Mark Sterling. Um, it wouldn't be a Mark Sterling client match without Mark Sterling getting some sort of interference here and he tried to get in, and he got himself thrown through a table. Also, I like. At Go one ahead. point, Tony Nice made a scoop of protein powder, and I'm no expert in protein powder, but surely that has to suck, right? <laughs> I follow a lot of like fitness people on you know social media and stuff like that, and this one guy, he like drops, he, you know, it's a skit, but like he drops his pro or his pre workout, and he just like freaks out about it, so. Does, it's like the cinnamon challenge. It has to be no, no. Well, what doing like a dry scoop of protein? No, that's yeah. like the thing now. People, people are do doing that? like yeah, people do like dry scoops Sick. of pre workout. What I know, I've never heard of yeah. such a thing. What's yeah, protein powder? <laughs> I've never heard of that either. <laughs> Come on, Brady. I've you heard of protein powder. People, these but... people on, on TikTok. Yeah, but yeah. I liked uh, I liked when Keith Lee hit that beal throw into he, he threw Tony Nice into Josh Woods. Yeah, I thought that was really nice. I, I like the team of Josh Woods and Tony Nese. Yeah. You know, it, it's especially with Mark Sterling in their corner, too. It's a really nice tandem to work together. So, uh, all in all, a great episode of AEW Rampage. Let's go to the next night because we got more AEW action here on television, this time on TNT. Battle of the Belts 3, also hailing from Grand Map- Rapids, Michigan. You have to think maybe they did, uh, they must have taped these in the same day or something like that. I mean, they definitely uh, did. Yep. Anyway, TNT Championship match. Wardlow picks up the victory over Jay Lethal. Obvious outcome here, but afterwards, uh, you know, the nice little uh, tandem of Satnam Singh, Sanjay Dutt, and Jay Lethal, they all getting involved. My and, uh, DVR, for whatever reason, was not recording this show, even why? though it was set to record all of it. And I caught it, and uh, so what I know from Battle of the Belts started at Wardlow hitting the powerbomb to finish the match. Well, that's really all you have to know. <laughs> right? Pretty much. Right? But uh, they jumped Wardlow. He eventually fought them off and tried to powerbomb Satnam Singh. He gets knocked down. They put him through a table. But my I like... big question out of this whole segment, because I feel like it's not possible. Wardlow, could he powerbomb Satnam Singh? I think he could. I don't know. With, like, by himself? I don't know. Yeah. Absolutely. I think he could. It just makes him more, you know, we've talked about since winning the TNT title. I, I guess, you know, the 
uh, I'm trying to think of the the right word here. The, um, how much, I can't think, how much he's been seen on television. Right. You know, like, he was a a hot commodity. I don't want to say he had heat because that's not the right term in the wrestling lingo, but, like, he was a hot commodity going into his TNT championship match. And I don't want to say that he's lost steam, (laughs) but just him trying to set up Satnam Singh for the powerbomb got people excited. And got people like, oh my god, is he actually going to do this? And it, I don't think this feud is going anywhere anytime soon. No, I mean, so we saw what happened on. Maybe, maybe Dynamite. it's an all out thing. Maybe it all out. He hits the the power bomb. Satnam Singh. I think. I mean, we could just say on from Dynamite. We had the segment with uh, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh. Yeah, where Sanjay Dutt spoke about what they did to Wardlow at Battle of the Belts. And then Jay Lethal was like, either defend the title again against me, or we're just going to come take it. Yeah. Wardlow came yeah. out, accepted, and then he went to the ring to beat them up, and FTR joined in. You know, we talk, we're, we're going to discuss the, 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 the brackets for the trios title in a couple minutes, but how good did the pseudo reformed pinnacle look at Dynamite? All they had all the belts on them. They're all looking fantastic. They're super baby faces. They're all over. Like man, like just put the trio title on them. Just give them all the gold. And Sanjay, MJ who? Sanjay. I wonder what Sanjay was looking for. He couldn't know. find it on one side. Went for the other side. Couldn't find it. But Jay Lethal got in and uh, got hit with that big rig, and that was the end of that segment. But so now we don't have to talk about that. But that's fine. <laughs> back minutes. to Battle of the Belts, where Thunder Rosa successfully retained. The AEW Women's Championship against Jamie Hader in a you know what really I didn't good mention? match. Oh, this match was outstanding. Um, Jamie Hader too. Apparently, she broke her nose during this, during this match. During this match, apparently, she was supposed to be at C two E two the next day, and she had to cancel her appearance. Oh wow! Because I think she went to the hospital or something. That's what I, I allegedly. That's what I heard on the internet. Um, I want to go back to Thunder Rose for a second because I forgot to mention this last week. How? Is she allowed to wear a shirt that says Thunder Rosa sandbagging since 2014? Like, why would you, like, approve to, like, wear that shirt? People, like, called her out. Oh, yeah, she's sandbagging her, this, that, and the thing. And now she's going to, like, I, I guess, you know, because it's wrestling. It. Yeah, I guess you have to own it. But, I mean, I just, I, that's a, a, a very she silly did shirt. the She did the whole segment after that story came out with uh, Marina Shafir. They did that video backstage together, so. Yeah. But I hope that we see more matches Jamie like Hader? this of Thunder Rosa and more often. Yeah, and I think Jamie Hader too has really kind of solidified her spot within this uh, women's division. As everybody keeps saying, please get Jamie Hader away from Britt Baker. Please move her into the, the Blackpool Combat Club already. I, I didn't see that, but that That's would like be a good... From, from day one of the Blackpool Combat Club, we need Jamie Hader in the Blackpool Combat Club. But that would be a good thing. Maybe, you know, I, it looks like all out. It might be Britt versus Thunder Rosa again. Maybe J, maybe I that's the... I don't know about that. Tony Storm is number one contender. But let's look at the rankings, Brandon. Is she not I, number one contender anymore? She, she's been number one. FTR has been number one well, contender yes, for obviously. three months. So the rankings don't matter. Let's not talk about the rankings right now. Let's talk about an outstanding female action. You had a little involvement with Britt Baker... At the end, but Tony, you know, Tony Storm, Storm made that save. Made that save. Planted Britt Baker with a beautiful DDT on the outside. That uh, last pin, they had, they did like a chain of pins to finish the match. But that last pin that Thunder Rosa pulled off looked like it could have hurt uh, Jamie Hader. 
So I thought they did a really good job there. Yeah. So fantastic women's match. And uh, your main event of the evening, Claudio Castagnoli defends his ROH World Championship against Konosuke Takeshka. A little story um, that was told during this match. Oh, both, my God. And I, I think I wrote it down. Both very oh, yeah. familiar with one El Generico. And I found it online. And I let me see if I screenshotted it because I was like, I, no, I liked it because I wanted to read the entire thing on the show. I was like, that's outstanding. That's it's storytelling. Like Takeshita's moveset makes a lot more sense now. And he just makes a lot more. He's just a lot more cooler. I mean, he was always awesome. I, I thought he's great. Yeah. Um, but like when I said a few okay. weeks ago that I would love to have seen like Takeshita in NXT or something. This was one of those matches that could have easily been part of a takeover. Oh Him God. versus R or something, dude. This was such a good match, but it wasn't. It was part of an AEW. No, it event. was a good match, and between Rampage and Battle of the Belts, I think the fans seem more alive, like the most alive for this match. Okay, so on there, there's a Twitter account. It's called Myth Gifts. It says it's Trent because Claudio and Take Soup, whatever uh, Takeska's name is, uh, met in the ring for the first time this week at Battle of Belts, but they were far from strangers to each other because they have had something important in common. El Generico, the generic luchador, who I think uh, Excalibur did a great job of like kind of painting the picture. But let's continue on. As commentary mentioned, Takeska's debut match in wrestling was against El Generico in Budokan Hall in 2012. A beautifully constructed match was quickly established. Takeshka is a rising star to watch. Uh, for uh, his part, as commentary also mentioned, uh, Castagnoli wrestled Generico more than a dozen times between 2005 and 2012. Uh, got to know the taste of the Haluva kick. And he mentions, uh, Excalibur said, that was a hell, hell of a kick. Did you mention hear that on commentary? Uh, probably not. Uh, I said often with uh, Excalibur on commentary. Saturday's Ring of Honor title match was filled with references and allusions to Generico, which included this sequence, that pinning sequence where he kept like reaching his arm up, uh, and then the Haluva kick into the Blue Thunder Palm, which Keshka clearly learned from the Master through hard experience back in that debut match in 2012. He's, he continues to go on, but like. I loved that story. A, it brings some of one of Ring of Honor's brightest stars back into the fold because they're not mentioning Sami Zayn. They're mentioning El Generico, who right. was a star in Ring of Honor. He was a star in the Indies. He was a star in Japan. And to use those certain nuances from all their matches, I thought it was great. Yeah, and uh, even with only seeing these two matches for the most part. I saw the the end of the first one, but I think this was the best battle of the belts that we've ever seen. Yeah, I can 100% best agree. Best of the three. That. So, uh, if they're going to have, I think they're having, I think they announced another one. I, th- I don't know if it's October or November. Uh, let me go to the events section of the AEW website. Da-da-da, da-da-da, let's keep talking. I know it's on uh, Wikipedia. Uh, Battle of Belts 4 is going to be in Washington, D.C., and it's going to be filmed Friday, October 7th. Mm. So that's like the, I guess, three-year anniversary of AEW being on television. Yeah. but Pretty damn damn cool. Before moving to AEW Dynamite, I wanted to mention the passing of Gene LaBelle because it kind of ties into the Blackpool Combat Club. Yes. Gene LaBelle uh, passed away this week at the age of 89. He was a pro wrestler who trained under Ed the Strangler Lewis, Luthez, Carl Gotch, 
And he was a black belt in judo, also a stuntman for, I think, maybe over 50 years. Oh, wow. Appeared as a referee in a lot of projects. Man on the Moon, he was a referee. Family Matters, when they had wrestling episodes. That 70s show, when they did uh, the wrestling episode where The Rock played Rocky Johnson. Okay, nice. Married with Children, so many more programs. Um, I think the Munsters even had a wrestling show at one point, (laughs) an episode. But we spoke about this somewhat recently. Uh, Inoki versus Ali. He was the referee for that. We did? Yeah, back when, because they mentioned it on commentary for AEW. Okay, wow. The day of, yeah. And he inspired a lot of MMA fighters, pro wrestlers. He trained Roddy Piper. He knew Ronda Rousey since she was a baby and trained her as well. Wow. And then Neil Melanson, who trained under Gene, also trained Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson in grappling. Where he got the LaBelle lock from. Duh. So... Just wanted to mention that before we continued on. And, uh, and our condolences to the LaBelle family. Yeah. But his legacy will live on with the LaBelle lock. And let's talk about Quake by the Lake. This week's edition of AEW Dynamite. You kicked off with a brutal, brutal, brutal coffin match. As obviously Darby Allen picks up the victory over Brody King. Um, they kept saying this was the third coffin match. I only remember... Is- uh, versus Ethan Page. Oh, right. I was just remembering yeah. the one with Andrade. Ethan Page, Andrade, and now this I was really hoping Brody King was going to win this so one. So was I, but I think the way that they did the ending kind of brought it full circle. Visually, it was a nice ending, but yes. to me, it's like House of Black are the ones who need the win. I don't think, like, Darby, to me, could never, ever win a match again in AEW and still be the height where he is right now. Oh, I know, absolutely, because he's just he's just over. Everyone loves put, putting face paint on. And, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, going <laughs> face what? paint. Brody King had face paint on this for this it, match. That too. was that was just sick. I I I love. I'm I'm sorry. I think they have done a. I don't think this hurt Brody at all. Oh no, no, I don't think it hurt him at all either. But I, I would have preferred for that victory to be. Oh, there. me too. Me too. Obviously, you know, I'm I. I don't get Darby and. The one spot that, like, I said, ooh, like, I was, my wife had her, was watching something on her computer, and, like, I had it on TV. When Dar- when Brody punched Darby in the face, and he, like, flipped over, I popped huge for that spot. Um, I like but, the, that middle rope code red by Darby. Yeah, that was very cool, too. Lights uh, went out, though, at one point for about a minute, and when they came back on, uh, Buddy Matthews and Malachi Black were there. Malachi Black, I don't think, got physical. There was a story that came out where apparently he almost retired three months ago or so. Yeah, apparently had bad back, bad back injuries. That's uh, very unfortunate. But I know he showed up. Julia Hart ends up grabbing Darby's foot, and Matthews goes to beat up Darby Allen. Goes outside to open the coffin that was once open. Lights go out. It's all of a sudden closed. So put two and two together. There, it's four. Yeah. Obviously, Sting was in there, so Sting then beats up Buddy Matthews, and he beat up Brody King, and gave Malachi the black uh, the the baseball bat, and Malachi Black left. It's something. It's a cerebral story, I guess they're telling, and I like Sting's uh, you know face paint Sting too. Sting had the... that that Malachi Black eye. Yeah, and so, Sting walked off with Malachi Black, and they just went face to face. So there's maybe some sort of power struggle going on inside Sting's head. Yeah, maybe there is control over his mind from Malachi Black. 
for me at this part of the match, it was kind of like jumping the shark. Why? It's just like, to me, this is where it went downhill. I, I enjoyed everything up until this point. I also liked the ending. The ending I thought was really nice with the the rollout and everything. That but, it was like a, it, Brody hit like a bounce. He like got choked out by the chain. Yeah, he which hit is that, kind of essentially yeah, he like that. The way he bounced into that to have it close on him, very uh, very well done. The man, Brody King, and and um, for Darby to choke him out the way that that he had previously choked Darby out. Full. That's what I said. Full circle. Yeah, full circle. But we know. I I think we both know that this feud is going to go on. Uh, well, and here's the thing, though, because later on we had a, a video package from Miro, yeah. where he's talking about Malachi Black. He's in his own mind. I assume that's where he is when when we get these promos. Yeah, Julia Hart was there. Oh, maybe this. Is she me. shows up touching him, and he goes, "Only one woman can touch me." Lana confirmed. So I mean, we've been hearing about this woman for months now. Yeah, but he's, he always talks about it. I'm saying, though, like, we've been hearing about it for months. Now that Julia Hart is in his mind or wherever that is, yeah, maybe we will be seeing Lana soon. Maybe. I don't. She's not going to go with Lana, though. I don't. Was, I mean, obviously not. <laughs> CJ, yeah. whatever. I don't know. Yeah, so. <laughs> All right. Well, next up, uh, tag team action. Uh, tornado tag team action. As La Faction in Gore Bernables pick up the victory over the Lucha Brothers. I think this was a win that they needed. Um, they, their entrance, they look like a tag team. And one thing that I have never seen before in a match was Rush tying Penta's mask to the ropes. We saw that last think... week or so. Really? Yeah, and Penta did the same spot where he had to remove his mask. It was either I... him or Phoenix. Both of them, both of them, but like, that's like one of their like famous spots to do. I, I, maybe I wasn't, maybe I was too busy paying attention to the referees. Yeah. By the way, thanks for cutting out that five minutes. Yeah, 100%. Week. You didn't tell, you told me that I don't watch wrestling. No problem. <laughs> but it's, it's definitely, that definitely uh, is a spot that they've done before. And I, I could swear they did it like last week or so. But I like the fact that LaFaction and Gorbanabalis picks up the win yeah, here. Yeah, they, 100%, they needed that victory, especially going into the match next week. Yes, because it. I mean, it seems. <laughs> and let's like, talk about it. It seems like they're probably gonna lose to the Young Bucks. Okay, but let, let's listen. Let's talk about it. After this match, though, they announce the tournament for the AEW Trios Champion that will be crowned at All Out. First match is gonna be the Death Triangle versus Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. I don't know why Will Ospreay and Aussie Open are in this, but <laughs> it's funny. I was talking to Lydic about that. I was like, eh, it sucks that they're coming back. <laughs> yeah, they just get um, no crowd reaction, so. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll also. Oh, I'm gonna bite my. He got I'm not cease and desisted by Kenny Omega. Good. Good. Yeah, and that's why he won't win because next up, uh, whoever fa- wins that match will face off against Andrade El Idolo, Dragon Lee, and Rush against the Young Bucks and Question Marks. Yeah, it's pretty cool that Dragon Lee is coming in to team with his brother. Yeah, after they had an outstanding match at uh, Death Before Dishonor. Yeah. Other side of the tournament's going to be House of Black versus the Dark Order. I saw Johnny say, "I know a lot of you are counting us out." Yeah. I, that here's the thing now with with Malachi Black, is he even able to wrestle? I think he is. What if Sting is in act, is actually in the House of Black and he's replacing Malachi? That would be pretty t- or maybe Miro. Or maybe Miro, yeah. Or maybe and then your last match will be uh Best Friends facing off against the Trustbusters. They announced uh, that bracket. I was like, "Who the absolute hell are the Trustbusters?" <laughs> it's a team of Ari Davare, yeah. Slim J, and Parker Bordeaux, who I think is really overrated, but that's just me. I don't know. From what we saw on the when when he was Harland, we didn't really see him wrestle. Yeah. But I think there's two uh, 
even when he was in NXT, I think there was too much hype behind him. You know, like, oh well, my God. Bryce. Because he looked like Brock Lesnar at one point. Okay. It was like Paul Heyman's next big thing pick almost. Yeah, but still, listen, there's only one Brock. He's not going to be get When he shows up with a ponytail, then we'll talk. All right, but I mean. <laughs> he grew it, his hair really, back, so that's a start. It's really kind of like, if you want to tell me what the, the trio's championship match is going to be at All Out, I think it's going to be Young Bucks and Question Mark, it's, which we all know is going to be Kenny Omega against the best friends. That's what that's my prediction. Um, I think Death Triangle wins. I think the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are gonna win. Wouldn't um, have, I, I, I see? You know, we I don't know. So later on in the night, we see the Young Bucks. They go into the Dark Order's locker room to apologize to Hangman and ask to be ask for him to be their trios partner. Yes. They also tease Undisputed Era leaving Undisputed Elite. Yeah, leaving AEW, I guess, due to those rumors. Yeah, those rumors have been falsified because Tony Khan has announced that Adam Cole's with AEW for the next four years. So suck it, internet. Um, but yeah, so Adam Page turned them down because he'll be in Dark Order's corner. Could we potentially see that as the final? What Dark Order with Hangman Page in their corner against the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega? Yeah. No, because I think. The best friends, I think they deserve this. I like. I personally think they deserve the AEW trios title because they've been such a hot act since AEW even started. And also, it's. I feel like it would be pretty much all but confirmed that Kenny Omega would be their mystery partner. Or what do you think? Yeah. Is it going to be Brandon or? Um, they could be using Brandon at the last second. Like Brandon doesn't come out, and Kenny Omega's music hits, and you know. There's grown men crying in the front row. I think if you really want to keep it in the family, you got to have Pat Buck. Well, listen, Pat <laughs> Buck's going to pass to sue Luchasaurus. Pat and Buck look. and the Young Bucks? Come on. It, it writes itself. <laughs> uh, but uh, All right. So we'll see what happens with the Trios tournament next I guess week. that also Maybe. technically segues into the next segment. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So anyway, next up, uh, Luchasaurus picks up a victory over Anthony Henry. Uh, Jungle Boy's on commentary. After the match, Kristen Cage gets on the, you know, gets on the Jumbotron, starts trashing, and uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus show up to try to beat Christian. Uh, security guards pull him off, and then Luchasaurus pa- uh, headbutts Pat Buck in the head. Something that um, the internet, some people have been pointing out. But Luchasaurus, he ends up taking out security. He headbutts Pat Buck. We've yet to see Luchasaurus do anything to Christian. And they True. think that it might be a ruse to pull one over on Jungle Boy. I liked Pat Buck on Twitter uh, the next day. He's like, can you sue a dinosaur? And then Mark Sterling comments, well, Pat, <laughs> just so you know, dot, dot, dot. I'm still really disappointed that we didn't get to see Pat Buck versus Nia Jax. Oh, yeah, true. Well, I think Nia Jax is no longer in wrestling. She's just doing the cons and stuff. Perhaps. Perhaps. If you're doing so. the cons, you're still in wrestling. Yeah, true. Next up after this, you have uh, a match with a lot of backstory as Absolute Ricky Starks, uh, babyface Absolute Ricky Starks, picks up the victory over Aaron Solo. These guys used to be tag partners. Yeah. Prior, Uh, by the way, to this match, Will Hobbs was being interviewed. QT Marshall and the factory interrupted that interview to ask him basically to join. Nick Camarado, like, shaved his beard. That threw me. me. That threw me for sure. (laughs) 
He's, he's got a lollipop in his mouth or something. I was like, what is going on here? Jeez. Yeah. But Will Hobbs obviously turned him down. And this match, yeah, like you said, they had a lot of history. Used to be tag team champions. Uh, it was a quick match. Yeah, it was a quick match. You know, it was a way just to kind of establish uh, Ricky Starks as babyface. I got to say, as much as I couldn't care less about the actual, like, match, I thought this was a, a pretty good match. I went into it like, eh, who cares? But overall, and as, as quick as it was, I thought it was a good match. Absolutely. These guys have history together. Camarado ran down with the chair afterwards. Stark took him out, and then Aaron Solo grabbed him, and it was like they were going to do the chair spot, but he got away. Yeah. So. Also, uh, the gun club backstage, Billy Gunn, super embarrassed by his son's loss. I, I like he's like in a match that I made famous. <laughs> the only match that I made famous. Yeah. I thought that was funny. He's like, and I missed the acclaimed. <laughs> yeah, he's I thought like, that was really funny, too. And then Stokely putting his business out there, interrupts them. Billy cuts him off, and then Danhausen ultimately interrupts him, sets up a match that Billy made for, for Rampage. At this point in time, I was only able to think of one big-bearded fellow, that being Eric Rowan. And it is Eric Rowan, Beardhausen. Yeah. I'm stoked about it. That's fun. That's a good pairing. I um I listened to an interview, a podcast this week on, uh, on NotFest called Hardlore. Um, it's the, I want to say guitar player from harm's way. And then Colin Young, the drummer from God's hate and twitching times, who also made the house of blacks music, who also did Wardlow's music. They had an interview with Danhausen out of character, like no face paint on. And he like talked normally and stuff like that. And if you get the time, look it up. It's hard lore with Danhausen. He talks about being like a wrestler on the road and coming up on the Indies. They talk a lot about music. They talk about the Simpsons. Uh, it was a really interesting listen. So uh, go check it out. I wanted to use that as my Mark Out Moment of the Week, but I'm not allowed to do Mark Out Moments of the Week this week. So. I almost went to do try a uh, Danhausen impression. Don't, please. But in my head, it's Bob Dylan, so I can't do it. It's just going to be like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not even like, love so that Danhausen. <laughs> the best 10 bucks I've ever spent. Love so that Danhausen. Danhausen to tell you up yours. Yeah. Anyway. TBS title match on TBS. Jade Cargill picks up the victory over Madison Rain. She's now 36-0. Um, Post-match. Yeah. Kiera post- Hogan uh, trying to cause some distraction. Yep. Ate an accidental uh, rope kick to from, from Jade. I wonder yeah. if we'll see anything with that later on. Yeah, well, after this, you know, you have Athena jump in the ring and try to deck Jade, and Kiera Hogan pulls uh, Jade out of the ring. So this is why I don't see... Jade versus Madison Rain continuing. No, it's done. Because it's the end done. point of this is obviously the end point. The end game of this is obviously Athena beats Jade Cargill in her second loss. Yes. First second singles loss? loss. Her who whose second loss? Jade's. Oh, but no, yeah, but they don't worry about the tag team. They worry about the. Well, no, uh, it wasn't a tag team. It was the battle royal. Whatever. Regardless. Um. But anyway, yeah. So, um, but look, continue on with the theme of women. As uh, you know, after this, uh, Tony Schiavone's backstage with <laughs> Thunder Rosa. That, that really popped me because going into it, they were saying uh, Tony Schiavone backstage with Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm, and then Jim Ross and someone—I forget if it was Jim Ross or not. Some someone said so many Tonys, and Jim Ross ends that segment cutting to backstage, going Tony, 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 Tony. <laughs> uh, anyway, Tony Schiavone. Uh, Breaking the news that unfortunately Chris Statlander is injured. 
Um, I thought this was not, uh, I thought this was a work, but the next day on uh, social media, Chris Statlander comes out and says that she's actually shoot injured. Apparently she injured her other knee now. So she's going to have to go into surgery for that. So um, kind of, I'm really bummed about this because as I've said, they should just push Chris Statlander to the moon. And I hope that's the plan when she comes back. And she got some, uh, some, some well wishes from Bailey. I I knew you were going to say that. Uh, Anthony, my good friend, Anthony of uh, Lost Becomes and Thracian and Carver Ditch uh, texted me. He goes, he goes, wait, he's like, wait a minute. Bailey had a knee injury. I'm like, yeah, he's like, and Statlander has a knee injury. He goes, yeah, he's like, that's wild. I'm like, cool. (laughs) Why is that wild? Hey, listen, from one knee injury to another knee injury. Yeah, this AEW WWE feud doesn't exist. That it's only only on Twitter. Yeah, it is only on Twitter because all these jerks. And uh, maybe backstage behind the scenes where uh, people in power, perhaps. I don't know. No, listen. It, like Chuck Taylor said in interviews, too. He goes, he's like, I have no hate for anybody at NXT. He goes, they're all my friends. Who cares? If one company does good, the other company will do good, and then everybody does good. We are in right now, and every company's doing good right now. Wrestling as a whole. I think is doing the it's, best that it's doing okay. <laughs> Why is it only doing I okay? I mean, we've seen the, the in the past the heights that wrestling has been to. So I know, but I think we're getting to, like, uh, uh, especially now with social media and YouTube. There is so, and I say this all the time. There is so much wrestling out there, and for a wrestling fan. That's awesome because there only used to be one thing in town. Now there's eight million things in town. I think if uh, if services like Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, and everything were around in like the 2000s and stuff, I don't know if we would have seen the ratings be as high as they were. Okay, yeah, because there's only one one show. Well, I mean, even with when they were going back and forth between WCW and WWE. Yeah, all right, true. What? Main event, though, we saw the interim. No, don't, AW... don't call it an interim. The no. AEW champion, John Moxley, picked up the victory over Lionheart Chris Jericho. They had um, White Zombie for his theme song. I that, was wasn't that fully zombie? expecting that, yeah. Really? His ECW theme song. Oh, I thought it was, I thought it was his uh, WCW theme. Uh, the what? Whatever it was. It was Electric Head Part 2. Oh, it was. Okay, I have to go back and watch it because I feel, I, I feel like I watched a clip of it and it was just his WCW Somebody theme. doctored a clip of Chris Jericho's WCW theme song. I don't know that, how okay, they did that. That's what I saw. That's what I saw. I don't know how they did it and fit so well with like the actual... like How did they split the commentary from the actual music? I, I have no idea, but somebody did that. This but, was the White Zombie song, which I was surprised that they that they did. But he yeah, had listen, the vest, where I think maybe the last time he wore that vest was ECW One Night Stand. One Night Stand, yeah. He had the tights. He had he was clean shaven. Yeah, it was great. He looked he looked awesome. Yeah, and it was a pretty good match. I thought this was a great, but yes, I know everyone's like, "Oh, John Moxley was bleeding," but like, and it's I know just, that there's, yeah, been, every there's been a lot of stuff. Yeah. There's been I know, but there's been a lot of stuff on Twitter later, like the show I started with blood, the show ended in blood, like there's too much blood. But you have to realize, like, we're coming off of an era, too, where blood is like, you can't even say the word on TV. You can't, couldn't even say the word wrestler on TV. We're, again, we're going into a different era of wrestling where, you know, like back in the, the, the 70s and 80s, Ric Flair was bleeding in every single match, <laughs> you know? You know, he's doing hour-long Broadway's. But this match, I thought was great. I liked the ending, and I liked Taz at the ending saying, 
you know, there's no shame in tapping out. So yeah, Jericho though he ended up. Uh, I w- I want to say okay, I did write some stuff. I'm sorry that I cut you off, but I I did I have notes. Um, oh, uh, apparently Thunder Rosa kicked a little girl in the head accidentally. Yeah, and it's <laughs> weird because like that's like the main portion. Somebody's like touching Thunder Rosa weird after. Oh, that was that was bad thoughts. Um, I just wrote down Sam uh Sammy Guevara ruined the. Main event, and he ruined the post-match. Jericho took off the two turn, turnbuckle pads, and Sammy came out, tossed Jericho the bat to use, and then Moxley... No, but he doesn't just throw it. He threw the bat, like, over the ring. That, I think, was a, a goof. That was a... Straight he definitely was too excited. Yeah, so Mox ends up ex, uh, going into the exposed turnbuckle. Jericho hits the Judas effect, and Moxley, the first ever person now to kick out of that. I know, but that's it, it. It kind of hypes up Moxley a little bit more. Jericho and, then goes into the turnbuckle. Okay, we don't have to. We don't have to do play by play. That's the end of the match. match. Goes into it, but, and then Moxley choked him out. Yeah, and then after the match, you have Hager and Sammy Guevara uh, uh, in the ring attacking Moxley. Yeah, Claudio, Yuta, Claudio, Yuta, Kingston, Ortiz all come down. The rest of the Jericho appreciation side. It's a Donnybrook, and then all of a sudden. CM Punk's music hit comes and CM Punk clears house of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Um, and then you have Moxley and Punk in the ring, but you don't have Moxley looking at Punk, which I thought was good. He gets up, shakes himself off, turns around, and there's Punk, him and Punk face to face. They look, Moxley flips off Punk, and he walks out. So there's our main event to All Out. Yeah, yeah. It's rumors funny, the last AEW week... counts like who could have seen this coming? I was like, I did. I tweeted it out <laughs> right before it happened. But you know, there was reports last week saying at C two E two, Punk was in really bad shape. Apparently, this guy just worked us all. <laughs> so that, um, but and I wrote down here in my notes that's going to be your main event. I said I'm rooting for Moxley, and I will <laughs> back it up. So. Is there, it seems, so, it seems like it's CM Punk's match to win. Yes. And it seems like after CM Punk wins that, MJF has to show up. And then yeah. that sets up Grand Slam. Okay, okay, okay. But I was seeing that, but like, I wanted to, so, John, CM Punk won the AEW World Championship, um, when? Um... I want to say at – I'm trying to think. When did CM Punk win the title? All right, let me Google this now too. Because since CM Punk has won the championship – Double or nothing. I, double or nothing. So that was – May 29th. May 29th. So since May 29th, let's look at the matches that John Moxley has had. John Moxley versus – and Eddie Kingston versus Private Party. Yet Anarchy in the arena. Yet John Moxley defeats Daniel Garcia. John Moxley defeats Kyle O'Reilly. John Mike John Moxley defeats Mike Bailey at a pro wrestling revolver show. He beats Dante I mean, Martin that, that on doesn't necessarily count though. Uh yes, it does, Castle. So shut up. Um John Moxley defends the GCW world title against Tony Deppin. Him and Moxley and Tanahashi defeat Archer and Jericho. John Moxley defeats Tanahashi to win the championship. Then he goes to Blood and Guts. And then he faces then he defeats Brody King. Then him and Sammy Callahan face the wolf, the Wolves. Then he faces Takeshka. Then he goes on to face the best friends. Then he faces Rush. Then he faces Blake Christian for the GCW title. 
I don't think if CM Punk was around during this whole thing, he would have had half the matches that John Moxley would have. See, if CM Punk was around, if CM Punk did not get hurt well, and he was the World I mean, Heavyweight given... Championship, I do not. He would have had. He would have. I think John Moxley. I know I've been saying Dax Harwood was my wrestler of the year, and I still stand by that. But if you want to look at like a big perspective thing, John Moxley has to be the wrestler of the year, given the match that followed. CM Punk winning the championship, I think you're 100% correct. That John Moxley's, we agree no, on No, something? not that he's like wrestler of the year or anything, but CM Punk wins that championship, and instead of like singles competition or anything, I don't, I don't think he would have gone on to like title defense, title defense, title defense. And he would have been going on the indies. We saw no, him he, he wouldn't team have up going with to, FTR. He wouldn't have been going to New Japan. Absolutely not. He wouldn't be going to GCW. It, I it would have jo- been CM Punk picks up the victory over Adam Page, wins the title at double or nothing, and the next match that we would have seen out of CM Punk after that six-man tag where he got injured, yeah, it, w- it would have been Tanahashi. Yes, absolutely. He wouldn't be... That's my thing. I think John Moxley this year alone has done enough in the professional wrestling landscape for him not to be an interim world champion. But it's interesting I, because leading up to him winning the championship, he was wrestling somewhat regularly on on television. Yes, CM Punk he was. was. He came back. Ba, 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 ba. I'm on cage. I'm on cagematch.net right now. When did CM uh, Punk come back? No, when Moxley came back. Because remember, Moxley was in rehab for a very long time. He wrestled in January 21st against Ethan Page. Then that weekend, he went to an indie show. Then he defended the GCW title at Hammerstein Ballroom. You know, I looking back on it now, p- people don't remember that. But still, that was a huge event for indie, independent wrestling. Hey, it got wrestling. spoken about on the bump, so. Yeah, it got spoken about for the bump. Him, and then Punk and John Moxley defeated FTR. Uh, so when did, when did he come back? That's Who? Moxley returned in? January. His last match was an Iowa Street fight against Jimmy Jacobs at Pro Wrestling Revolver, Tales from the Ring 4. Then he doesn't have a match until 2022 when he defeats Ethan Page by referee's decision. And that was the whole start of the Blackpool Combat Club. He defends he defends GCW Championship against AJ Gray, WrestleMania weekend. He defeats Biff Busick at Bloodsport. So yeah, there's uh, no way that Punk was ever going to be out there doing independent dates, but Punk, or New Japan dates or all that stuff. But you know? he was wrestling like solid. I think it's like 12 matches in January. Uh, not in January, since January. Since January, let me. Uh, I'll take a look. Let's look. Let's look this up. CM Punk. Bum, bum, yeah, 12 bum. matches together. Twelve all year. Let's see match. Yeah, because he's it's Wardlow, Sean Spears lost to MJF. One with Moxley, like you said, against FTR. Beat MJF in the dog collar. Beat Dax Harwood, Max Caster, Penta, Dustin, yeah. Johnny, Adam Page for the championship. And then won that match with FTR against uh, the Gun Club and Max Caster. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, but I, he would wrestle one, maybe two days a week. John Moxley is wrestling all over the place. So I that's... That's why, like, I'm on the Moxley side now. Like, don't, I'm wearing my CM Punk shirt right now as as we're, we're filming this. But between the two of them, I think John Moxley has done more as an interim champion and done more in the big landscape of professional wrestling 
than CM Punk would have done if he had the title. Certainly the best interim champion they've had in the company. Yeah, absolutely. You ready for an interim uh, WWE world champion? What, what, why? I, I'm hearing rumors that USA might want a champion on uh, Raw yeah, because Roman Reigns isn't there. I, yeah, because I, I they could they could push the U.S. Championship. That's what they've been doing. They've been giving really good video packages. I I know. I've been I've been watching main event. I know. Wow. You and Tony Khan. I, I, listen, <laughs> Tony Khan did that interview. He's like, oh yeah, I started watching. They got good product. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, you, you have you have to be in touch with everything that's going on around you. You can't be bl- blind to your competition. So anyway, okay, going back to John. Mo- so it's John Moxley, CM Punk, all out. Obviously, um, it's Chicago. It's Chicago. See, that's the thing. But like, and then you take it to Grand Slam, their biggest arena, their biggest venue, their most sold seats or whatever. And they have that huge pop pop for for MJF. Uh, Imagine he wins. MJF beats him for it. Boom. That would he could be a heel any other city. It doesn't matter, but. Yeah. You're in New York. CM Punk's going to get booed. Um, yeah, and I don't like that. I mean... Uh, you were just... You're rooting against CM Punk. Why not I have... Am... What, what better way to have him be rooted against than cheer for MJF? Yeah, true. You're right. You're right. You're right. Have Rosie so... O'Donnell show up, be the special guest <laughs> enforcer or something? Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. All of a sudden, yeah. You Are My Sunshine starts playing. By... <laughs> and Rosie O'Donnell comes out. Oh my god, terrible. Max! Freaking Max! <laughs> Maxi boy! Did you ever do a bumper for Brandon Shadows with Rosie O'Donnell? No. Oh man. All right, but I yeah, stopped so doing that's... a Rosie impression years ago. I, I don't even. Did I used to do a Rosie impression on Mark and Out? I don't remember. It's, we've had 600 something episodes, and I try to forget all of them. I do, I do listen back every week to make sure that I like keep my ums and. Lot stuff. I say um a lot. Yeah, which uh, I don't know if you're if you're maybe new to listening to this. I think that's a very good thing for uh, if you want to start a podcast. I think that's a good thing to do to go back and listen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of podcasters that don't go back and listen to their stuff, but I, you know, every every time you can get one percent better, right? Yeah, and that's it. Even I mean, even if it's less than one percent. Yeah. So but overall. Uh, pretty good episode of dynamite i think it was a great week of dynamite it's been a great week a great week of dynamite yeah i don't know AEW just kind of blends into each like rampages and dynamites and all that stuff but i thought it was a great week of professional wrestling it's a great week of sports entertainment too i've been watching raw smackdown not so much what about nxt no not at all nxt is still the same the same 2.0 uh not fun stuff i saw Shawn michaels in an interview saying that if Vince McMahon was way too busy to do anything with 2.0, so if it's bad, it's on me. Yeah, and maybe that was Sean's first time booking something. I was like, oh, that sounds sad. Yeah, I put like, hey, listen. I've been I've been enjoying 2.0, though. There's obviously I've... a big difference between that and the black and gold, but... A, a huge. I mean, there's yeah, even a big difference. difference between that and, like, like the whole yellow ropes forever stuff. There, it's just, like, the way it, it evolves. Yeah. It opened, I mean, the very first episode of NXT... <laughs> Chris Jericho, Daniel Bryan, a main event. Oh, well, that's not, that was the NXT. That was the game show. NXT. I still, I accept that. That's the 2010. That's the, the anniversary. I accept that date. So, um, but yeah. Next All week right. we have uh, AEW Dynamite presented by HBO Max. Game of yeah, Thrones. House of not Dragons. HBO Max, just HBO 
uh, HBO Game of Thrones House of Dragons. Yeah, so I, I guess was looking to avoid that show. Why? And because uh, I don't care about Game of Thrones at all. No, I, I thought it was. I thought it was great. I don't think the ending was bad. I mean, um, it comes out the twenty first. Unfortunately, I will uh, be away. Yeah, but you day. have you can just you got a computer. I know, but I'm gonna be in a house with freaking like three other two other families. You think okay, guys, gotta no, stop. Gotta watch the house you, dragons. Late night, you yeah, under pop up under recover. Uh, you know what I like to do at late night? <laughs> Sleep. <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> I like to sleep, and we're gonna be—we're going to Hershey, we're going to Kalahari, we're doing all these crazy things. So I'm gonna need my uh... oh, multiple. Yeah, we're going away for five days. Nice. We leave the 21st, we come back the 25th, and we're like two hours out of Hershey, so we're gonna go to Hershey one day, and then we're like 45 minutes out of Kalahari, so we're gonna go to Kalahari, and like this house is like unreal, huge house. It's like a game room. There's all this fun stuff. So, and it's like my kids, and then two other families and their kids. So it'll be fun. Nice. Yeah. So, but I'll be, I, I'll have to make time to watch uh, Rampage. Or maybe I'll just watch when I come home on uh, Thursday. Yeah, sauce it. So, that's it, sauce it. So, um, unfortunately, I don't have a match of the week this week, so let's just get right to Brandon's shout-outs. Hey, old Kermit the Frog here, and you're listening to Brandon's shout-outs. Yay! The first shout-out goes to Are You Afraid of the Dark? I really enjoyed the show when I was a kid, but back in 2019, they brought it back as like a limited series. I never, I didn't watch it the bring the, when they brought it back. Well, I mean, I feel like it's not for adults, but there's still like the nostalgia factor to it that like somebody yeah. might check it out, mm-hmm. which is what I've done. <laughs> They have mm-hmm. three new seasons under that new format, and I think they're really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Like, we've seen – I think it was rare that we would see episodes like part one and part two back in the day. Yeah. We have definitely seen that, but it was very rare. But now this is just like one set season of a storyline. And I'm happy that a new generation of people can experience the type of show that this is. Yeah, it used to be a. I mean, used to always watch that, especially uh, Snick. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know if Snick exists Nick. even. I don't think it does, but no, I don't know what Nickelodeon airs at Saturday nights. Yeah, but the next shout out goes to Olivia Newton-John, who passed away this week at the age of seventy-three. Uh, definitely best known as Sandy from Greece. Yeah. Which I think Hopelessly Devoted to You is like the best song from that film. And I think she absolutely kills it on that track. But um, um what? Were you about to sing that or no? <laughs> no, I don't know if I, I like that track the most though. I would say so. And the the soundtrack itself I, I like, is I one mean, of the I best like selling soundtracks of all time. Oh yeah. I mean you at least know everybody at least knows two songs from there. Yeah. You know, I I think that it's the one thing that always gets me is why that car flies at the end, <laughs> like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Why? I mean, I, I that's the one thing that always gets me with that movie. Grease is incredible, but why is it at the end of the movie does Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta get into that car and fly away in the car, waving to their friends and getting waved goodbye as they fly up into the air? Why? 
Yeah, why I don't did know. why why did they have to add that? <laughs> but, but great uh, movie. <laughs> her her song also uh, physical. physical. Yeah, let's sat, get physical. Very high in the charts for weeks. Yeah, not many people know that she's saying that. Yeah, what you do you mean? Why I, would they not know that? Well, I I think that she's primarily known as for Greece, right? You know, so I feel like let's get physical. A lot of people don't really automatically; they just think that it's an '80s song. They don't you really. Know what's crazy about that song is that I believe it was written for Rod Stewart. I'm glad that Olivia Newton John. I but picture Rod Stewart doing it. I think I think he could. Uh, and I I'm think and I'm Stewart almost fan. certain after Rod Stewart passed on it or whatever, Tina Turner was offered it, and I think she also could have done the song. Mm-hmm. But um, but. The way, I mean, th- that song is also incredible. Also, the extra guys used a remix version for their theme song, so that was dope. That's true. <laughs> but, yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate that she had to go through what she did. Yeah, very, um, very sad. And my last shout-out goes to Lamont Dozer, who also passed away this week at the age of 81. Yeah, a lot of uh, well-known songs with him, too. If you're unfamiliar with his name, he was part of the Motown songwriting team of Holland Dozer, Holland with brothers brian and eddie and they wrote a lot of songs from that motown genre and without them the music landscape i think would be so different like heatwave we're talking about nxt heatwave coming up by martha and the vandellas that's one of their songs um where did our love go Baby love, come see about me by the Supremes. Come stop in the name about of me. Stop in the name of love. Stop in the name of love. Baby, I need your loving from the the four tops. I can't help myself. It's the same old song. It's the same old song. And it's just like there's so pretty much so many. pretty much all of that seed. Like I feel like this is this the soundtrack of whenever you're trying to go to sleep and you turn. You flip through the channels, and they have like the old, the Motown oldies. Yeah, they you know? wrote. They were a big part of Motown, so right. But like where they have that Motown oldies collection, where they start to play clips of all these singers singing and all the classic hits. This is pretty much all of them, you yeah. know. But uh, just go out of your way and listen to some of their hits this week, and Olivia Newton-John's music too. Watch her movies. Yeah. I agree. Those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our moment of the week. That is right. Our mark out moment of the week. Uh, I have, I should say, because it wasn't included with last week, because we record prior to SmackDown, Karrion Cross and Scarlet being back. 100% a markout moment of the week. Dude. Even if that crowd didn't pop, like, I explained on the show what was, like, actually, like, really funny about that, how I was joking with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were and joking with me. And his music actually hit. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And the week before, I mentioned him coming back, but I don't remember why. Yeah. But it's like, the same. Like, the same goes for Dexter Loomis. Like, even though the crowd, like, they didn't really get a chance to react to it, Karen Cross had, like, more of a chance. But I, I even though they didn't, I mean, I was surprised they didn't react to it, but I also feel like I didn't react to it quickly either. 
As soon you know? as his theme song hit, I'm like, I mean, I, my voice, I sent my voice to you. Yeah, you did. Should I air it right now? No. <laughs> Are you sure? Isn't there a curse it? in there? Oh, I'm not going to risk that. Yeah. <laughs> but but I'm just like I said before earlier on, I'm very happy and intrigued to see who else is next. To Who's come back. next? Because when Dakota Kai showed up at SummerSlam, like I was like, it wasn't like. No, I was I was up there. Like it was like shakiness mark out moment kind of. Yeah. That's how excited I was. But do you have any other outside uh outside of that some mark out moments at all? Um <laughs> definitely the carrying across that I totally marked out for. I said um, outside of that. <laughs> outside of that. <laughs> outside of that I did mark out for I got to talk shop to one of my patients. Um they were a wrestling fan from back in the day. So apparently... When you say back in the day. Uh-huh. Um, we're talking probably 70s? Okay. Maybe. It's like some people now these days, you see, oh, back in the day, and they talk about Stone Cold and Rock. Yeah, no, this was the Back 70s. in the day, some people talk about John Cena. No, the patient was telling me how they saw uh, Andre the Giant in a wrestling match one time, and... Uh, they went down to the barricade and saw like just how gigantic Andre the Giant really was. That's cool. And then we went on to speaking about the different uh, documentaries because they were brought up Dark Side of the Ring. Right. So we were talking about Dark Side of the Ring, oh, and then I showed that's definitely by the way The Rock and uh, his company yeah. and his wife, ex-wife, sorry, producing a uh, a territory series. series with Dark Side of the Ring. I'm very pumped for that. Yeah, with what is it, six dollar media? Seven bucks production. So close, so close. But yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to that. So I, I, I marked out for that too. You know, uh, something I didn't mark out for was, uh, um, what's their face, Sammy Guevara and, um, Ty Conti. Yeah, dancing to Judas. Yeah, Dancing to Judas and stuff. They're such marks. Like, I don't know. Their saga is, like, uh, really crazy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The entire thing um, is wild. But, yeah, I don't don't know. I don't get the entire thing with uh, just marking out that much to Judas. Come on, like, you've never marked out for a song? Come on. I mean, I did mark out for Triple H's theme song once. Once? <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm gonna, I guess, keep it still wrestling related, but not wrestling related off the bat. But Epcot this past week, Joey Fatone was performing there. It was Joey Fatone and friends, and I already assumed that Ryan Cabrera would be there performing with him, which he did because he had done in the past. But I did not expect to see clips of Alexa Bliss performing at Epcot. <laughs> That's which it must have been yeah. a dream for her to do that, but she she did the the Eminem song again. Yeah, I think whatever the the forget about Dre Eight Mile no. song is. I think oh 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 uh huh. So I would have if I was there, it still would have been something cool to have seen. But I would have uh, I would have been more satisfied if she actually sang. I don't know why she doesn't mm-hmm. because like. We've seen like bits and pieces of her singing, and it's like really good. Hmm. So, but I, I just thought it was cool to see Alexa Bliss getting to perform at Epcot because I know she's a huge fan of Disney World, and 
she did address as, as power lines. So I thought that was pretty cool too. Yeah. Um, for me, Mark Almond was definitely uh, Dexter Loomis returning too. Yeah. You know, I totally... feel like that also goes down with the what we said earlier. Yeah, I I totally agree. And then, um, yeah, that was pretty much what I marked out for this week. I so. guess I mean I might as well mention we we I mentioned Powerline, I mentioned Epcot, Alexa Bliss, Disney World. They showed off one of the new costume characters for uh, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, which is going to be Max Goof dressed as Powerline. And I know it's like goofy, no pun intended there. I know it's goofy <laughs> to want to be like, to be an adult and want like a picture with a, a costumed character. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people make fun of uh, the quote unquote Disney adults and everything. But I marked out for that because I, I really wish I could have gotten a picture with Max Goof dressed as Powerline. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. But yeah, that's uh, the mark out moments of the week. And that is episode 601. I am one of your hosts, Brandon. You can follow me on Twitter at BTTG161. Same as Instagram. David at DavidPTDPT. Twitter and Instagram. Chris Sweendog on Twitter. CM Sweeney85 on Instagram. Marking out 11 on YouTube and Instagram. Facebook.com slash marking out. Marking out on Twitter. Uh, MarkingOut.com, what am I missing? MarkingOut on TikTok, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and we wish you the The best of of luck in your future future endeavors. endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Oh!